How's it going, everybody? Happy New Year, and welcome back to episode number two of the Elbows Up podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the World Junior Championships and the preliminary recap, uh, as well as a playoff preview. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Keen Kilback. How's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm doing really good, you know. I'm excited to get the this episode going. It's gonna be, there's going to be a lot to talk about, you know. I watched, I watched all the games, so there's so much to say. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. We definitely have a lot of topics to discuss, and I think one of those topics are going to be the upsets that happened. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later when we're doing the preliminary recap, but, uh, you know, I, I think this tournament is almost similar to March Madness in a way, that each game means so much with a single knockout, and these kids are still young, and every game has the potential to be close. Like, if uh, in March Madness, if you're one seed, you know, like, one seeds lose all the time, so I, uh, I definitely think there's similarities in these two tournaments, and I think that's one reason why fans fall in love with each of these tournaments. Um, I, I agree. Like, it, it's, it's it's so exciting. Like, like especially, like, with even Latvia is a new team this year, like, the last couple of years. They're, at least they're competitive, you know what I mean? Like, every team besides Austria in this tournament is, is competitive and p- putting up a fight even against the top teams. Like, like Latvia barely lost to this U.S. I think it was, like, 5-2, but they were in it till like, the third period. And all the teams are so close. There's been so many upsets, and that's why I love this tournament. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, although Latvia didn't come up with a win this tournament, or at least not yet, they haven't. Um, you know, when they play Austria against in the relegation game, you know, stuff can change. But uh, as far as preliminary, they didn't have a win, but they looked really good. They uh, they were always in close games, and they scored a couple goals, and they they put up a fight. You know, they had that one OT loss, so I was impressed by them. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're gonna get into the preliminary recap. Uh, we're going to start with Canada, and uh, for Canada specifically, uh, we're going to go through each game and just kind of talk about what we saw and what we thought about the game, and then for the other nine teams, we're going to just kind of talk about the brief overview of what we thought and where we see this team going in the playoff round. All right, so for game one, Canada played against Czechia, and wow, I think that's just the one way to describe it. We yeah. we did not expect this coming. Um, you know, maybe after... Uh, after we've seen how things unfold with Czechia, you know, maybe it's not as a surprise um, with how, how they're playing and how good they're looking. But for Canada, wow, that was an upset. Um, I, I'm still kind of surprised that they lost that game one. Like, I don't remember the last time that they lost the first game of the World Juniors. Like, that was that was crazy. Yeah, they were talking about it. It's, it's, it's the first time in years that they lost the first game of the tournament at home. And, you know, it, I wasn't expecting that at all, you know, and... I think we need to talk about the Zach Dean penalty. The five in a game, you know, he, he kind of brought his hands up into the mouth and, like, the face of, I think, Alice Check, the Czech defenseman. And, and he, I think his visor, like, cut his nose a little bit. There's a bit of a mark there, but it wasn't much. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what you think of that penalty. I, I do not think it should have been a five-minute penalty. But, I mean, regardless, regardless of that, Canada didn't play overly well anyway. No, for sure, and I, I definitely agree. Like, I, it's tough for these guys coming from the CHL, coming from NCAA, where you know, like, they're allowed to lay the body, and they're, they're, they're used to playing a physical uh, style. Um, in my opinion, I think the IIHF needs to quit being so soft because every single game that we see almost has a five-minute game, and that, as a proven example in this game, played a huge factor. At the time of the penalty, Canada was only down by one. It was 3-2. And by the end of the power play, it was 5-2. Yeah. And that ended up being the final score. And that was a huge reason on, uh, I think, they lost that game. Um, 
they they had momentum going into that power play or going into that uh, that penalty, I guess you could say, because um, it was three one, and then uh, they just scored that second goal, so they they were starting to fire, and uh, they they look good. So it's it's really too bad that um, you know these refs aren't I don't know letting them play a little bit more. I know it's not the refs' fault; it's IIHF, but uh, it yeah. still is a little bit disappointing. For sure, like. I, I I don't know. I I mean I I, I do agree. I, th- I think they're a little too soft. Like it, it seems to me that once a player gets injured, they just automatically call a five, and then they they go and review it because you can drop it down to a two if you want. But if if a player is injured, I don't know if they dropped it down to a two once. It, it seems like a lot of it is reliant on if the player is injured, and I guess in this case he kind of was. It was a little bit of a cut, and he was down for a bit, so. I think I think that's the main reason why they do it, which is kind of annoying. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I think another thing we gotta talk about is uh, the two failed Michigan attempts. I know that this was very popular around uh, Canadian fans, and they were not impressed by it. Um, I think at the end of the day, like in my opinion, Michigans are part of the game now. Um, like it is, it is. Uh, you know, just part of the game at every level. Like even in minor hockey, you see kids doing Michigans nowadays. So it's crazy, but. Um, the, your second, or sorry, I believe it was the fourth shot and the eighth shot of the game were Michigan attempts. Uh, your it's your first game of the tournament, Boxing Day. You, you can't be you can't be doing Michigans in my opinion when it's a zero zero game. And I think those two plays were just uh, evidence of what what Canada thought about Czechia. They they thought yeah. it was gonna be stats night, and they uh, they thought it was gonna be easy. And, and they got happened. what they deserve. Exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't take any team for granted in this tournament, and especially in such a short, short tournament. And like sometimes teams can't find chemistry and this and that, like and not not good coaching or something. Anything can happen. You could be such a talented team and not win at this tournament. You know, like kind of like USA last year, they lost in the quarter. So, you know, anything can happen. And yeah, and unfortunately, uh, there is one more uh, negative thing we did want to discuss, and that was the goaltending from Ben Gaudreau. Uh, unfortunately, he was just brutal. Brutal. And, uh, right who could, who could have saw this coming? Exactly. That you know, like his stats weren't great, obviously, and that was something that we talked about in our last pod. But uh, this guy is brutal, and he should not play another second in this tournament. You know, unless Millich gets hurt, I think Millich has earned the crease, yeah. and he should not play another second in this tournament. And I'm I'm not a Ben Gujo hater by any means, but what he's shown for Canada is that. Uh, this is a, such a what have you done for me lately type tournament, yeah. and this guy has just been brutal in his opportunities, and he does, in my opinion, he does not deserve to play another second. For sure, like there were some bad goals. The one, the fifth goal, on the two on one, like that was, he he was like cheating, like he he was moving over expecting a pass, and the guy just shoots it like a simple shot from like top of the circle on the two on one, and it goes in, and that was the last goal that he let in, and then he was pulled, and. and you know, the next couple of games, they kind of switched who was starting. Millich came in, but he didn't play that well against Germany. Like, he didn't give me shots, but he gave up, like, two goals on, like, ten shots. Yeah. And, like, so that wasn't great. And then, whatever, Gaudreau came in versus Austria was, but, I mean, it's Austria. And yeah. Then, but then, I, th- I think last game, of course, we'll go through game by game, but the last game against Sweden, I think Millich really took advantage of the opportunity, and he, he should start for the rest of the way for Canada. Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll get to that more later. Um, another thing from Game 1, obviously we talked about the discipline, um, but that has happened. Uh, there's There's been poor discipline in the 
um, exhibition games and now all through the prelim, uh, Canada still needs to be more disciplined. And especially in these playoff rounds when you're playing against good teams, teams like USA with a deadly power play are going to take advantage of you, right? Um, so that's one thing that they need to continue to do or to continue to work on, I guess you should say. Um, but anyways, moving on to more positive stuff. Um, I think when you're talking about Team Canada, how do you not uh, start off mentioning about Connor Bedard? Yeah. What he's done in these last four games... Unbelievable. Is, ...is truly historical. And, you know, going into this tournament, we both had him as our MVP predictions, and I think those are pretty solid as of right <laughs> Looking now. Looking good there. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think we expected this guy to arguably be the best Canadian World Junior player ever. Like, ever. It's, it's crazy to say this. He's only 17. He's not even drafted yet. This is his second World Juniors, I guess you could say two and a half, I guess you could say that, but um, like with the records he's going to break in these next couple of games, whether it's the goal, whether it's the points all the time, or the points in a single tournament, those three he's just on the cusp of one one stat. He, he's going to beat all each. of them. Exactly. I mean, the next goal he gets beat all three at the same time. Exactly. So, I've been like, this guy's been sensational. I've been very impressed, and he's been better than I thought. Like, just the way that he displays his skill at a high speed. Um, everyone knew that he had such a great shot, but what he's been doing in these last two or three uh, preliminary games with his playmaking has been amazing, and his way of creating for himself and for creating for others has been something that I didn't think he was capable of. I, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. Like we, we could spend 10, 15 minutes just on Bedard alone. Like, and like, there's so much we could say about this kid. I, you know, I don't remember McDavid that much. Like, I mean, obviously we watched those over the years when we were a lot younger. But but Bedard is even better at this age. Like, yeah, it, it's unbelievable his skating, his vision, his shot, especially for uh, you know a smaller guy. It's 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 amazing to watch, and and I can't wait for him to beat these records. And you know that 20 point prediction is looking pretty good for me. Yeah, I would say that's pretty safe to say. What, he's got 17 in four games? Yeah. After the yeah. preliminary round? Yeah. That's as many as McTavish last year all tournament. Yeah. Just in the yeah. preliminary. That's, and, and he's, and he, he's 17. He's wearing yeah. a fishbowl out there. <laughs> yeah. Like, my God. Yeah. And, you know, like, I've heard Bob McKenzie talk about this in the past, and he hasn't really um, been too specific with which uh, what he thought Bedard could be, whether it's generational franchise superstar all-star, you know, obviously not bust, but, like, what his projection could be. And I think for myself, personally, going to the tournament, I had him as a franchise player, and I, th I thought he's someone that could be carrying his team to playoffs. But these last couple of games have proved to me that, without a doubt, he is a generational-type player. He's a generational talent. Yeah. I mean, you never know what can happen in the NHL. Like, it's, it's, it's different. Like, you can think you have good skill in junior, and all of a sudden... You know, you're a bottom sixer for your career in the NHL. It happens to so many guys. So, but I mean, Bedard. I mean, I want to talk about his shot. Like, I, I think he's gonna change the game and the way the guys shoot. Like, like he probably does the like the curl and drag. You know, like out of yep. a toe drag around the defenseman stick check, yep. and then pulls it in inside his body and he shoots off his toe, and it's such a hard release. I, I don't. Need, I've never seen really anybody else do that. Like. I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of guys do it, but not as much as Bedard, and not as good as Bedard. Like Matthews is the guy you think of. I think Matthews kind of started it, but I really think Bedard's might even have a better release, at least at doing the curl and drag. And I think he's gonna change the way 
guys shoot, you're going to start seeing it a lot more. Yep, definitely. And obviously Matthews is a guy that uh, they always kind of compare and compare in their shot. But I think Matthews kind of laid that, that, I don't know, that ground, I guess you could say. But Bedard has taken it to another level. Yeah. Like, when you compare their shots, especially in slow motion, Matthews does the curl and drag, and he releases it. And then Bedard does the curl and drag, and then he, he drags it for like a little bit longer and he's he really gets out on that front toe and it's unbelievable the i don't even know how he does it because his stick is so long like they were talking yeah. about how he uses a stick that's like way too long for him almost up to his forehead really yeah it was something like that i don't know how he's able to like with such a long stick bring it in tight to almost his feet and shoot off his toe but it's it's unbelievable yeah his, his stick's almost straight up yeah i've never it, even really seen anything like it yeah um yeah so he's I think we can both agree he's generational, hey, especially his playmaking on those power plays to get uh, Dylan Gunther specifically. Like, when they were just firing uh, passes uh, from dot to dot, I was like, like it's just pick your poison at this point, you know? Like yeah, He was really taking advantage of the defenders on the other team, especially on the penalty kill, respecting his shot. You know, he, he would he kind of has that ability to distract guys and pull them over and they'll slowly follow him and then right when you think he's going to shoot slides it over and Gunther got a hat trick all three one-timers from Bedard so yeah. uh, he's like as, as good of a sh- shooter as he is he's a great playmaker too exactly and like you said that drawn attention because you have to respect his shot because it is it is amazing it's sensational um that's going to open up his playmaking and obviously when when you see him have four assist game five assist game that's just going to open up more opportunities for his shot right so going into the tournament I, I saw him more of a shooter, and maybe sometimes he would overshoot the puck. He'd have like seven, eight shots a game, which is like unbelievable. But you, you can't blame the guy. He has an amazing shot. Yeah, I mean, right? you got to shoot, right? But I mean, enough about Bedard, you know. I mean, I'm sure this is all people have been talking about for a long time. Yeah, definitely. You know, yes, and pretty much is just the Bedard intermission show. So we'll move on to um, other players, and specifically that first line he was on in that in the first game. Uh, with Wright and Othman, you know, that was that was a great line, and uh, they were dialed, and they were leading the charge. But since then, uh, they've shaken up the lines a little bit. And now they got Gunther with Othman and Wright, and that line's been amazing. And now their second line, which, I mean, if you have the CHL Player of the Year and a generational-type talent, is it really the second line? It's definitely the first line. <laughs> but I, I... They've, been, they've been playing amazing. Uh, so... What do you what do you think about these two lines? Because I've been very impressed. It, it, it's it, it was a perfect change and it was really needed after the first game, where I don't even know if we scored a an even strength goal in the first game. There's just nothing happening at even strength for Canada. And the minute that they moved Bedard back with Stankoven, they had some chemistry from last August in the tournament, and, and they immediately sparked together. And they're so good together. I, I think they're the best duo in this tournament. I I think Stankoven has been the second best forward in this tournament. I, I think he's been like significantly better than Wright so far. So I, I don't think you can underestimate what Stankoven's done. He, he's been amazing. Yep, I agree. And I think Joshua Waugh has been a huge uh, compliment to that line. You know, he just does all the little things right. He plays in every situation, whether it's the power play or the penalty kill or plays the last two minutes of the game. Uh, he's just been a great player, like I said, to compliment those guys' play styles. Uh, laid the body a little bit, you know, defensive forward who can also bury the bury the puck, and uh, he's been uh, essential for that line's success. 
Alright, so in game two, we saw Canada play Germany, where they got back in the win column, thankfully. Uh, I think if, if they got upset there, we'd probably see uh, see a war break out in Canada or something. We'd have some riots like Vancouver in 2011. But, uh, and I, I think a huge reason in this game, obviously, was they scored seven power play goals. Exactly. Like, yeah. like wow, seven for ten on the power play. Uh, like we previously mentioned, the new lines were amazing. Um seven for ten on the power play what makes this power play so effective and is it is it because i have two units or is it like obviously the first unit is amazing the second unit's great um but specifically that first unit what do they do that makes them so special i i mean just look at the guys they got out there i mean bedard his shot his vision every everything kind of runs through bedard you know he's relied on to enter enter the zone and he kind of controls play as well in the offensive zone and you know he's gotten a lot of assists to Gunther over there, who has a lethal shot. So those two guys on the flanks on either side are just so dangerous, both of their shots. And with Zellweger quarterback in that power play, you know he shoots a ton. He he he's really good at holding the zone. I've noticed on the power play, you know he's got such good lateral agility and mobility to move around on the blue line and you know shimmy shake to get shots through and stuff and just. Like Shane Wright, I've noticed he's really good at tipping pucks, and Offen's good in front of the net. So I think, I think the way they have the power play lines are perfect. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think a big reason on uh, on why their power play is successful too is Olm Zellweger, like you mentioned, and especially just little stuff like hold the puck into the blue line, make make good plays like that. But he also shoots the puck in a position where the forwards can tip it. You know, he's not being selfish trying to rip it bar down or anything. He he fires it at the knees and. A position where we've seen Othman and Wright have uh, get nice tipping goals, like high tip from Wright. So I think that's been that's been great too. And and it rarely gets blocked too. Like like I said, he's really good at getting those shots through past the traffic. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I think another thing about special teams we need to talk about is again their discipline. Against Germany, they took ten minutes and penalties. Like against a German team that you should be winning all the battles against, you should be winning every foot race. There's no reason to take ten minutes and penalties. Yeah, that game was ridiculous, the amount of penalties. I mean, Germany took even more as well. And one of their players, Betahar, had a five-minute penalty. And I think Canada scored how many? At least four on that five-minute power play. Yeah. And, like, I think Gunther got two of them, like, back-to-back there. So, like, it, the whole game was – like, there was more game, more of that game was spent with special teams than even strength, which it, it's not that fun. You know, you, you want to see a closer game, but, but – Canada honestly played as probably as good as you want, at least on the power play. But as far as their even strength went, I'd say after that game, it was a little concern of mine. Like, I mean, well, they had seven power play goals, so they had four at even strength against Germany. That's not that great. So I, I definitely think they could be better at even strength. Yeah, I, I agree. And obviously, you got to look at how many power plays they had. They had 10 power plays, so a lot of the time they were on the power play just because of Germany's discipline. But I definitely agree. Um, just with the 5-on-5, five five, they, they need to be great. And I, I think they showed that, actually, uh, in their in their next two games. Um, we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, another big story in Game 2 was the goaltending. Uh, it was Thomas Milich's first start. Um, he's, he did look a little bit shaky. But I think he's found that crease. So I'm not too worried about that anymore. Uh, maybe he was just nervous about making his first start, which is understandable. But um, it's it's nice that they actually have a, a solid goalie now. 
Alright, so now we're going to be getting into game three, uh, the second of the back-to-back. -back. Uh, this was a very dominant win. Uh, the Lions were playing well, and the power play was still executing. Um, one thing is, after this game, everyone was warning that they haven't really been tested uh, by a real, like, serious team. Yeah. And uh, since check, I guess. But at the time, their their new Lions didn't play back -back against that laughers, team. Yeah, yeah so... Um, kind of two easy wins, so I think there were still a couple question marks there, but yeah, so that wasn't really too much of a test for Canada. Uh, but game four, we saw a very good test and a very good game uh, against Sweden on New Year's Eve. Um, it was a great start for Canada, and they're looking like the team that they can play. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly how Canada wants and needs to play against these better teams. They played as good as you could have hoped against Sweden. I think they like doubled them in shots, yep. and five goals to one. Like they didn't give up. Like, like it's not like it was like a run and gun, up and down, fast paced game. Like Canada played well defensively. They they didn't give up too many chances. You know, Milic was good when he needed to be. Like everything, check off forwards, defenseman, defenseman, everything, even strength. Power play, everything, that's, that, was, that was good. The power play actually wasn't great that game, but, I mean, I'm not worried about Canada's power play. Definitely. I don't, I don't think that's something to focus on too much, and especially when they uh, they were facing a very a strong goal in Carl Lindblom. Uh, but they looked dominant against him, especially 5-on-5, five five, like we said. Um, yeah, they looked great. But one thing we have to talk about is how good their penalty kill looked. Uh, Joshua Waugh, Kane Bankier, Zach Dean, Colton Dock, and uh, Nate Gaucher are the forwards that really stuck out to me in that game. And what they do is they just clog up the neutral zone and they attack the D-man or the puck handler right when they cross the blue line. And it seems like they can't even enter the zone half the time just because those guys are clogging it up. Yeah, they, they use their speed well. They like they pressure. Every time they clear the puck, somebody's chasing it. Like, you're not just off the hook and they're going for a change. Like Especially with Gaucher, I noticed. Like, he was really chasing it. He, he almost scored a goal there when Lindblom came out of the net, and then he yep. just, just fumbled it there at, near the end of the game. But I think Canada's penalty killing was great, and Ostapchuk's another guy who kills penalties too, but yep. he, he took that five in a game, which, again, we, we could talk about that. I don't agree with that either. Yeah, I think for the same reasons. Like, these guys who are playing physical heavy hockey in the CHL or wherever they might be, um, you know, that's just something that they, they got to get used to. Uh Hopefully that these two five-minute games they've learned from going into the playoff round, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. So yeah, like we were saying about the penalty kill, uh, the forwards have been great, and they've been uh, they've been firing all cylinders. But one thing I want to talk about was the defensemen on the penalty kill, and especially uh, Tyson Hines and Ethan Del Mastro. Uh, these two guys have been so solid back there, and I think I guess you could add uh, Kevin Korczynski also to that mix. He's been very great on the on the penalty kill and just all around. Uh, but about Ethan Del Mastro on the penalty kill. Uh, I've noticed that he gets in shooting lanes a lot, and he buys time for the forward back checkers to disrupt the play. And I think that's been that's been a huge success on uh, their penalty kill is just getting in those lanes. Yeah, I, I agree that the penalty kill has been great, especially last game for Sweden. You, they only gave up the one goal on the five-minute power play. So, so I, I agree they've been great. The defensemen have been blocking shots, boxing guys out. Forwards putting pressure on the defensemen. You know, they've been aggressive. It's been great. All right, so now moving on to Canada's opponent in that Game 4 game. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sweden. Uh, they finished third in Group A with a record of 2-1-0-1 uh, with eight points. Uh, these guys looked very solid in the prelim round, and I, I think, uh, like we said, a huge success has been Carl Lindblom. 
Uh, he's got two shutouts in the prelim, which is just pretty unheard of. Uh, I know that they weren't against the greatest of teams, but uh, still two shutouts. I think one of them was only a 13 save one. But anyway, he's been looking great. Um, I think these guys are are due for a, a deep playoff run. What do you think? I, I I agree. Like they played they played well. They they beat Czechia, the only team to beat Czechia, which we'll go into later. And like they're such a fast team. Like we talked about their six first round picks or whatever up front, and they've all been really good. Especially I I've been I've been impressed by Leo Carlson. You know the draft eligible forward who's been playing really well, using his size and skating. He, he's been really fun to watch. And but one thing we need to talk about is Fabian Lasalle, who hasn't been overly noticeable in my opinion. Like, you know, he, he's definitely the most skilled player on the team. His with his speed and hands, he, it's 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 amazing his skill. But he, he's similar to Brad Lambert in a way that he doesn't really use that to his advantage. Sometimes, like a lot a lot of times, he overuses it and he tries to do things too much for himself, like go end to end, and then you know he's way ahead of the like way ahead of the play because he's so fast and he doesn't have an option to use his teammates so he just tries to go everybody and rarely works and he, he hasn't had a very good tournament so far yeah he, he needs to step it up for the playoff round because he, he can be he's capable of being one of the best players in this whole tournament for sure he's gonna have to play a big part on if on why Sweden wins the whole thing if they do right so uh, and what I've noticed from him as well is it sounds cliche, but he never he never gets the puck in deep. Like he he never dumps and he never dumps and chase. You know, I, I've noticed he uh, especially through the neutral zone he'll try to do it all by himself. Whether it's one on two, one on three, maybe even one on four if his teammates are changing. Right. So maybe maybe he tries to do it a little bit too much. But yeah, like you said, Leo Carlson has looked amazing. And what I noticed from him was his passing. Actually, you know, for a big dude, he passes very well. And um, you know. Obviously, these guys are young. You don't want to give a, a comparison just yet, but I definitely did see shades of like a Leon Dreisaitl, you know, like a big guy who's maybe not the best skater, but he uses his size well and he's a great passer. But he can also shoot the puck, so I think he'd be a great addition to any team in this coming draft. He's been really good, and I, I think he's been better than Fantilli so far. You know, Fantilli's been finding himself dropped down the lineup. I think last game he was dropped to the fourth line, and until Stapshot got the five-minute penalty, but. I mean, at the same time, he's playing a bigger role on Sweden, so you, you can't really, you know, fault Fantilli for that. But I've been really impressed with Carlson, and you know, for any NHL team that's in the bottom, like say eight, I, I would be tanking pretty hard for one of those bottom three picks this year. Yeah, for sure, definitely a lottery pick of any kind would be uh, would be amazing for this upcoming draft, as it's probably one of the best drafts we've seen in a while. Uh, another guy we wanted to talk about was uh, San Jose first rounder Philip Bestead. I know you've been really impressed by him. So, um, yeah, what do you think about this guy? Yeah, he, he's been great. He's been moved up to the top line center role for Sweden, playing with Carlson and Rosean, who who's actually been really quiet, Rosean. You know, he was really good in the pre-tournament, but he, he's really cooled off. He was good in the first game, but that was against Austria, and I haven't seen much from him since. But, yeah, back to Vista, I, I think he's been one of the best players. I, I didn't expect him to be this good, honestly. I thought he was going to be... More of like a third line, you know, defensive penalty kill role, but you know he's playing an offensive role and he's he's playing really well. Yeah, for sure, he he's been uh, a great player for them, and uh, I think he'll like Fabian Lasalle. He'll have to be a big uh, contributor in the playoff round. And, and one more guy I want to talk about is the defenseman Lud Ludwig Janssen. I think he's up to like three goals, six points now in four games in the preliminary round. He he scored the one goal against Canada on the power play. He he's been really good. He he scored a beauty 
for the OT winner versus Czechia. It was great drive for the net and to the back end. It was it was a beauty, and he he's been really good. I've been really impressed by Janssen's play. I, I didn't expect him to be this good offensively, but he, he's a really good skater. I think he's a Florida prospect, so he's looking pretty good for them. Yeah, and speaking of Sweden's defense, one thing that I've noticed is they've looked a little bit shaky in their own end, and uh, to beat Finland, they're going to have to be better in their own end, uh, especially the defense. Um, just like with the offensive threats that Finland has, uh, they're going to have to be more steady back there because I felt like maybe there were a couple times they left Lindblom up to dry with backdoor tap-ins and stuff like that, so um, I think that's something to look at as well. All right, so for our next team and the Group A winner, uh, we're going to look at Czechia. Uh, they're 3-0-1-0, finished with 10 points, which was the most in the whole preliminary round in each group. Uh, this team has been amazing, and whether it's up front, uh, on the back end with Jurczyk or Svozil, or in net with um, Suhanik, this team has been amazing at every aspect of the game, and both of us have been very impressed by these guys. Yeah, I think this is like the first time they've won a group in like 20 years, and the last time they did it, or over 20 years, and the last time they did it, they ended up winning the gold medal. And so Czechia has really impressed me. Like, besides Canada, they've been the most impressive team to me. Like, their teamwork, all the lines working together, like, everybody has been amazing. Like, their defense is unbelievable. Like, you know, start with David Yerchek. <laughs> what do you want to say about this guy? He's probably been, in my opinion, maybe the best defenseman in this tournament so far. He's, he's been unbelievable. His skating for such a big guy. He's so fun to watch. And another guy, Stanislav Hosele, you know, we previewed him. He's the captain. And he, he's been better than advertised. I think he's leading all defensemen in points so far after the preliminary round. He, he's been unbelievable back there, logging a lot of minutes. And other guys, David Spacek, he, he's been one of the best defensemen as well this tournament. They got like three guys who've maybe been like in the top five in this tournament for defensemen and that's really where where it comes for Czechia that's where the success comes from and exactly like we said in the preliminary round you know their defense was really good heading in and they've all lived up to those expectations yeah for sure and I think you can make an argument that Svozil and your Czech are arguably top five demon in this tournament uh, so Having those solid guys back there as well as Suhanek, who's just looked dialed, they've they're they're on their way to a, a deep run here. And you know, I'm not we're not gonna say if they're gonna win it all or or whatever, but this is a this is a team that I I could see a possibility of getting it done this year. And, and and up front, their forwards have been really good too, especially in the in the last game they played. I don't remember who Czechia just played recently here. Uh, their last game was against Germany. Okay, yeah. Okay, so not not a great opponent, but I really noticed their second line that game. Uh, Gabriel Sturz, Jacob Brenitz, and Yaroslav Melash. They've been really good. I think they combined for like over 10 points that game. One guy who's really impressed me is Gabriel Sturz from out of Kelowna in the WHL. He's lighting up that league, like we said last episode, and he's played really well. He, he's undrafted. Like I said last time, I think he, he should he's going to be drafted after this year. He's been one of their best forwards, and Yuri Kulik as well on the top line. You know, he had a hat trick in the preliminary round. He's been really good. He's so fast, has a really hard shot, and those are the guys that have impressed me mostly. All right, our next team we're gonna be looking at is Team Germany, 
They finished fourth in Group A with a record of 1-0-0-3. Obviously, like we said in our first episode, the the biggest game for these guys was on December 30th with their uh, game against Austria. And that was a huge win for them. Just avoid the relegation game. They can come back again next year. Um, Just like those little little goals for those guys is huge. Um, But about Germany... Uh, one thing we got one guy we gotta mention is Nikita Kwop. He's been amazing for these guys. He's kept them in a, a lot of games, and uh, you know I, this wasn't a guy that I was familiar with before this tournament. So I, I've been really uh, excited, and like it's been good to see him play well. Yeah, you know Kwop's been really good. You know, Carolina seventh rounder. I think he was huge in that game against Sweden. You know, uh, I, th- I think he had what forty three saves. Yeah, four to three saves on forty-four shots. Yeah, like he—he he was unbelievable. He was the main reason they were in that game, and he—he he really impressed me. He wasn't quite as good in the other games, but you know, if Germany wants to upset anybody in the quarters, he's—he's going he, to be all him. They—they they don't have anybody who can score really. So. Yeah, and he, he's been great, but he wasn't in net against the Canada game. I'm not sure how much of a difference he would have, uh, how much of a difference he would have made, especially on those seven power play goals. Like some of those were pretty tough for a goalie. Um, but he, he's been looking great. And, and besides that, for Germany, nobody else has really impressed me so far. You know, it's a pretty weak team they got this year. They got blown out by Czechia and Canada. You know, they won the game they had to against Austria, but it was probably closer than they wanted it to be. So, not overly impressed with Germany. Uh, should be a pretty easy game for U.S. Or are they playing them? Yeah, U.S. in the quarters. Yeah, and like you said, uh, they won that big game against Austria, and that's going to be the team that we're going to be talking about next. Uh, Austria, they finished uh, fifth in Group A with a record of 0-0-0-4. I think the big thing is looking at their goals against and goals for. That's tough. Um, 35 goals against and two goals for. Um, You know, like, these guys... They don't belong in this group. No. They really don't. Like, for their own sake, I hope they get relegated this year and for our sake I guess but like you see especially after seeing a team like Latvia who wasn't in the tournament until Russia got taken out Austria was in before them and Latvia is way better than Austria so so like at least they're competitive and not getting blown out 10 nothing every single game you know like the only team Austria can put up a fight against is Germany so you know they, they they're probably going to get relegated we'll talk about that later but yeah they're terrible another guy to talk about for Austria is Ian Scherzer, the forward up front. He's draft eligible this year. He, he, you know, he, he's probably been their only notable guy up front. I haven't noticed much from Vincent Rohrer, the drafted player, but I think he's not 100%. He missed the first game with an illness, so he, he might still be going through that. But, you know, Scherzer scored the first goal of their tournament. Uh, he scored the only goal of their tournament a couple of years ago as well. So, you know, at such a young age, to be their best player, you know, he's probably going to get drafted this year. He's been the only guy to really impress me. Ryan Backer on defense has been solid, but not much else to say about Austria. They're uh, they're not good. One thing though, I, I really do, I really did like the fans joining, you know, Austria going on their side near the end of the game. They wanted them against Germany. They wanted them to score so bad, and, and then they did, and and they put up a really good fight actually at the end against Germany. It was kind of exciting to watch. And I know you have lots to say about that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you previously said, maybe it is good for them to go down a division, just you know, develop a little bit more. But they're not going down because these guys don't work hard enough. 
these guys are a very hard working team and like we said in that uh in that fourth game against Germany, it was a great fight and they never gave up. And a huge play, I'm not sure if you guys were watching the game. But uh Reinbacker, it was a two on oh with the empty net and this guy came back from uh, it was a dot of the of the offensive zone, and he dove <laughs> at his own dots. He skated all the way back, dove at his own dots, and knocked it away. And a two on zero with the empty net. It was shades of DK Metcalf in that from the Seattle Seahawks. So that was that, that was, was awesome. amazing. Uh, it was great play defensively, and he's had a solid tournament too. Um, so yeah, these guys are a really hard work team, and uh, Thomas Farmeyer, their their goalie, has played well in my opinion. Um, and, Not much yeah. he can do. He's hung out to dry, but he did his best, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I did notice with these guys is every single game they had a really solid start. Um, like against Sweden in their first game, uh, Farmeyer he made the first 15 saves of the game. Uh, so that that was huge for them. He kept it in for probably a period, maybe like a uh, maybe 15 minutes, but then he fell off and he, he gave up six goals in the next 14 shots. So you know, just kind of playing a whole 60 minutes, as cliche as it is, but. Um, yeah, these guys have that solid starts. Yeah, and they started well against Canada too. Like, it was like zero zero for the first thirteen minutes, and Canada had like one shot. Yeah, I was a little bit worried there, like what's going on. But Austria just doesn't have the skill and the skating to keep up with these teams. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how good Norway is next year. But I think Austria will probably get relegated this year, as they should. Yeah, and uh, they'll they're gonna be playing against uh, Latvia in that relegation game. Uh, that was a prediction that we got right. So, uh, that, that's kind of cool, but. Uh, anyways, uh, we're gonna be going on to Group B here, and uh, we're gonna start out with uh, USA, who uh, won that division. They ended the ended the preliminary round with a record of three zero zero and one, with with a total of nine points. Um, these guys have been great, and uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, they've been really good. You know, besides their game against the U uh, Slovakia, we'll talk about that later. Slovakia has been really impressive. But for the U.S., they've been good as expected. You know their defense leading the way. The you know the mobility, puck moving back there. I mean, Luke Hughes has been unbelievable as expected. I think he's got three goals already in the four games. You know he, he's been one of the best defensemen as well this tournament. And Lane Hudson's been looked really good. You know despite his size and his age, he's he's been one of the best defensemen on that team. And yeah, Sean Barron's as well moving up to the top pair returnee. He, He's wearing an A. He, he's been amazing. You know, maybe not the points coming for him as much, but he's been really good. Yeah, a great skater in late Hudson. His edge work is just amazing. Um, but, you know, we knew their defense were going to be very solid. And uh, as far as our goaltending, we thought that they were going to be pretty solid too. But uh, we had Imberco. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, we thought he was going to be the solid number one and Trey Augustine didn't really have a chance. But... Uh, and Burko hasn't looked that great, and he's found himself as as a backup. Yeah, I, I think they were kind of like Canada coming in, where they had a couple guys, and they were just going to split time in the first couple games. And Augustine was solid in the first game, and Emberko kind of got lit up against Slovakia. So, and from that point on, Augustine has started the rest of the games. And you know, he's only 17; he's draft eligible, so he can return the next two years, and he'll probably be the starter for USA for a long time at this tournament. And he's been good. Like, he, I. I Nothing to complain about him. He's been great. Yeah, like you said, Embergo against uh, Slacky in their second game, he gave up five goals on 25 shots. 
800 save percentage, you know, like that's that's not someone that uh, USA is going to be going down the line with. So uh, it's good that they've had Augustine step up, and like you said, young guy has tons of more eligibility, so he might uh, he might take the crease for the USA and the World Juniors for the next couple of years. I, I want to know who you like, who who you've liked for their forwards. Yeah, so in our first episode, I was pretty high on uh, the Jets' first rounders and Chaz Lucius and Rutger McGordy, and I've been really impressed with them. But uh, the guys that I've been uh, really impressed with is uh, two guys in particular. Uh, Tyler Boucher is the first one. Uh, he's having a really strong start to the tournament. He was drafted 10th overall in the 2021 draft to Ottawa. Um, he's looked great, and he, he does everything very well, in my opinion. Uh, he, you know, he's a gritty guy. He passed the puck well. Obviously, he's a great goal scorer. Um, you know, he, he can help a team out in a lot of ways, and I think that's been very valuable to the U.S. Um, another guy that I've really been impressed with is uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. Uh, he's been playing very well, and he has a very heavy shot. Uh, he was drafted last year, 23rd overall, to St. Louis. Those two guys have been uh, very good for uh, for USA. We also got to talk about Logan Cooley. Um, I don't want to say he's been disappointing to me, but I don't, I don't think he's been dominant. Uh, there's times where he maybe tries to does it, do it himself, or he kind of does too much. So um, that's one thing that I, I've been kind of noticing from him. Uh, I, I think he's still been playing well, but he hasn't really impressed me as, as much as I thought he was gonna. Yeah, I, I think he's been good. You know, maybe not quite as flashy as you thought. You know, he's a really creative player. He hasn't done as many moves as I was expecting him, but. And like you said, yeah, he, sometimes he does try to do a little too much himself. But, you know, he's got seven points in four games. It's pretty good. He, he, I think he's been playing pretty well. But he hasn't been their best forward. I, I think their best forward has been Snuggerud, like you said. You know, he, he's a big guy. He's got a really heavy shot. He's got four goals and seven points in four games. He's, he's honestly been one of the best forwards in this tournament. Every game, I think he's leading the charge for that top line. You know, maybe a little under the radar. Like, I would have expected Cooley or Goche to lead the lead the way on that line but it's honestly been Snuggerud he, he's he's been unbelievable he's really surprised me it's, it's been fun to watch him in this tournament yeah and I think another thing we've been able to talk about is uh Kenny Connors and his five in a game boring hit against uh Slovakia in their second game um you know in my opinion it was a clean shoulder to shoulder hit maybe slightly late but I thought it was a brutal call and I think that's no more than two for boarding you know um what do you think about this? Are, are, you, are you thinking the same thing as me? I, I totally agree. I, I, I think, like I said earlier, it was just a result. Like It was just a bad result, but it, it was a clean hit with a bad result. You know, I think Slovakian defenseman is who he hit, David Natney. He went to the boards pretty hard, and he left the game with an injury. So I think that's, like I said, why it, it was a five, because he left with an injury. But I, I disagree with that call as well. You know, you know he, it, it was a pretty clean hit. It's just a bad result. All right, so our next team we're going to be talking about in Group B is uh, Finland. They finished third in their group with a record of 2-0-1-1. Uh, you know, these guys had a tough start to the tournament with their uh, their OT loss against Switzerland, but, you know, they, they're starting to pick it up a little bit more. Uh, they had a, a great win against Slovakia, and uh, they they had, a, obviously, a good win against Latvia, to no one's surprise. Um, against USA, I thought... Uh, Joachim Kamel was nasty, and his shot on the power play is just disgusting. Um, but similar to Sweden, uh, their their defensemen don't really move the puck that well, and uh, especially in their own zone, they look a little bit, you know, like uh, timid or maybe just like a little bit, I don't know, 
just they don't really look comfortable in calm back there. Um, is that something that we should worry about, or is, is that something you see, or is that just me? No, I totally agree. I think on TSN, Craig Button actually mentioned that. He said, you know, that they, they can skate the puck out well, but they can't pass it out well, which I, I honestly totally agree with. All of them are really good skaters. Like, list off all the defensemen. All of them are great. They can all go end-to-end, you know, but as far as passing goes in their own end, just under pressure, they just panic, and they make some bad DDD plays, and it really cost them that game against USA. They got a little exposed there, and they're going to have to step it up. But from what I've seen from them, I don't think I don't see them as a threat to win the gold medal this year. Yeah, I think their defensive zone issues might be something to to look out for in the in the playoffs. But um, hopefully, they can figure that out because they do have a lot of talent. And uh, one of those talented guys, like I mentioned, was Joachim Kemmel. Uh, you know, he's been kind of uh, moving up and down the lineup. We're going to talk about that. But uh, his shot is nasty. Just the great offensive offensive forward. Uh, he's impressed me a lot. Um, aside from him, I've been a little bit impressed with Brad Lambert. Not too much. You know, obviously, maybe some Jets bias there. But uh, how about you? Who's impressed you? Yeah, well, I agree on Kemmel. He, he's nasty. His one time on the power play is lethal. That was a nice goal he scored against the U.S. He had a one-timer goal in the first game, too, of the tournament. Uh, yeah, he's he's been really good. Uh, but, like, I don't know what was going on. In the first game of the tournament, he was listed as the 13th forward, and he didn't he, – he played, like, barely over 10 minutes. And he even scored a goal that game. <laughs> like, And then he eventually – as the game went on, got moved up to the top line, and then they just switched him and Lambert, and Lambert was moved down to the fourth line. So it's 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 really annoying to me, Finland doing this. Like, Kemmel led the he was like second in the tournament in points last year, and he's returning, and you have him as your thirteenth forward. He's literally your best player. Like, why is he your thirteenth forward? And you know they've moved him up now, so that's good. But I just don't like how Finland does this. Like they did the same thing last year, scratching Lambert. Like. I mean, Lambert wasn't great, but why, why play him on the fourth line? You have to give him a chance. Like, play him in the top six yeah. and on the power play. You, you know, instead you play him on the fourth line with two guys that aren't that skilled, and then you're mad that he's not producing, and then you scratch him. I disagree with that. And over the years, I've really noticed, like, Finland with their loyalty to, like, top players. Like, they just don't have any. Like, a couple of years ago, uh, Patrick Pusula led their team in points. And then the next year, he wasn't even invited to camp. That's tough. Like, like he, he didn't have a great start to the year in the Finnish league, but like there's no reason he shouldn't have made the team. Like Finland does stuff like that that I, I just wanted to talk about. I, I don't like it. It's very annoying. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's coaching. Maybe, like, is it is it coaching or is it maybe issues in the room? Like, do these guys have attitude problems or something? But it is kind of weird how they, they don't bury their prospects, but, you know, sometimes they don't give them the opportunity that they deserve. Yeah, and, you know, for other players that have impressed me, I've really liked Yanni Newman, you know, Seattle prospect. He's been really good. He's got two goals, three points in four games. I've really liked his game. He was really good against Canada as well in the in the pre-tournament game. But, yeah, other than that, you know, not much. Oliver Kapanen's been all right. They're captain, but he hasn't been great and a guy I want to talk about is Alexi Hamasami who I predicted to win the defenseman of the tournament which I admit you know it was a hot take at the time it's not looking too well for me obviously I like I didn't think that he had the best odds to win it I kind of just wanted to go with you know maybe a hot take and look like a genius if I was right 
<laughs> but he's actually been pretty good. Like his underlying numbers, he just hasn't been producing as much. Only two points in four games, but he still looks pretty good. But you know, he's not going to win the defense of the tournament. All right, so our next team we're going to be looking at is uh, Team Slovakia. They finished with a record of two oh one and one, good enough for seven points. Uh, these guys have looked pretty solid. Um, you know, Simon Nemec, he's been looking great back there, uh, looking like a second overall pick. So um, these guys have been looking good. Yeah, uh, they played really well in that game against USA. That, that was a fun, another upset, fun game to watch. Uh, like you said, si Simon Nemitz or whatever, however you pronounce it, he's been really good. Uh, you know, he's got a few points this tournament. And up front, Philip Meshar has been really good, in my opinion. You know, he, he's got five points in four games. You know, for Slovakia, that's really good. I think he's been probably their best player. And Peter Repchik, we have to talk about. I wasn't expecting much from him going in, you know, third-line center. He, he was he was a returnee, but, you know, he's, he doesn't have great numbers in the Canadian Hockey League. But he, he, he's been really good this tournament. He's got three goals and five points in four games. He had a couple goals in the first game on the power play, just rebounds. So, you know, he's, he's good net front presence on the power play. And, yeah, is there anybody else you've liked from them? Yeah, another forward that I've been impressed by is uh, there's another Nemich on the team, but he's a forward. He's been very good. Uh, he's been He's got a couple goals, right? So he, he's been playing well. Um, but like you said, against USA, that was probably a bit of an upset, I think we can agree on. And uh, they scored three goals in three minutes, and it was, it was a great fight back in the second. And I want to talk about their goalie, Adam Guyan. He, he's, he's been playing really well. He's got a 939 save percentage in three games. You know, heading into the tournament, I had I, I really had no clue who would start for them. It was it was it's just hard to know with them. But Guyan came in and he's he's played really well, and I assume he's gonna keep the starting job heading into the quarterfinals against Canada. Yeah. So our next team we're gonna be talking about uh, second to last is uh, Team Switzerland. They finished fourth in Group B with a record of 0-3-0-1, uh, good enough for six points. Uh, these guys had three wins, which actually tied uh, USA, who finished first, but. Uh, like I said, those overtime wins kind of played a part on them falling to that fourth seed. Um, these guys have been better than I thought they were. Um, I know at the start of, uh, of, of episode one, I guess, uh, you had these guys potentially going to the relegation game. You know, obviously that's, maybe that's not looking too great, but like uh, these guys have been playing well for how, how we thought they were going to do. Yeah, uh, and I, I have to admit, I, I'll, I'll take the L on this one. <laughs> you know, Going in, I mean, if you look at their team on paper, like, it's not very good at all. Like, I, I wasn't sure what to expect from them. Like, the last couple of tournaments, they have not been good. And, I, like, it's just kind of random that they're suddenly better now because it's kind of like the same, you know, level of players. But I think a lot of it has to do with their coaching and their structure. You know, they're not, not too aggressive up front. And they just, like, they're going to play the same game against U.S. as they play against Latvia. Like... And it can hurt teams, like, if you can't find a way to get around that, like, the way that they trap in the neutral zone. Like, you know, it, they they might beat Finland, you know, in overtime, 3-2, to two, which would make you think that they might beat Lavia by a lot more than, you know, a shootout. But because of the style they play, like, they don't get that many chances. They just try to, kind of like the New York Islanders from a couple of years ago, they, they just try to stay in a close game as long as they can and then just get maybe a lucky goal there. But they, they've been solid. I admit I was wrong on this one. I, But in my defense, you know, the game that would have decided who would have went to the relegation round against Lavia in Switzerland, 
it did go to a shootout. It was like extra rounds in the shootout. So if Lavia just would have won that game, it, it could have been different. One guy I want to talk about is Atilia Biasca. They're for their captain this year. He he led their team in points last year. He is again this year. He he's been really good. Undrafted player. Another guy I think that should get drafted. Uh, he's 19, so you know double overager. He might not get drafted, but I think he should. He's he's really good with his speed and. I've noticed going through the triangle on one-on-ones, like on the defender, he's got good hands, especially with speed, so he's been definitely their best player. Yeah, and like you said, they have a very strong structure, and I think that's a really good point that you brought up about uh, about them being uh, Finland in overtime. Like You you would think they would just blow uh, Latvia, but they, uh, they they stick to their structure and they, and they play it well. Um, yeah, so they, they've been a pretty good squad from what I've seen. Yeah, and one guy we have to talk about is defenseman Rodwin Dionicio. He, he, you know, he's the one who hit the gritty in the shootout winners the other night. <laughs> Just pretty funny. <laughs> but he's actually like, besides that, he's actually been amazing in my opinion. He's quarterback in the top power play for Swiss, and he's been really good. Like his skating, his puck handling. I, I like he's very skilled. Like I'm very surprised he wasn't drafted. So he, another guy could get drafted as well. He's he's been their best defenseman. All right, so for our last team we're going to be talking about uh, is Team Latvia. They finished fifth in Group B with a record of 0-0-1-3, good enough for one point. Um, you know, these guys really did not much uh, expectations, I guess you could say, is they uh, they have been playing great. Obviously, like we said, that one game against Switzerland was probably their best game. But uh, one one guy who I've been really looking at is uh, their goaltender, Burzins. He's been very good, and he's been great in the shootout. Um, I, I feel like he's given their team a chance to win every game. And, um, yeah, I, I've been impressed by him. Yeah, and he, he's played all four games, so he's been facing a lot of rubber in there. Uh, but he, I, I agree, I've been impressed by him. He's been good. And, you know, with Lavia, it's pretty much what I expected going in. You know, they play, like I said earlier in the in the preview episode, they're not going to get blown out. And, you know, I was right about that. Like, but they also can't score. So, like, it's pretty much just low-scoring games because they don't have enough skill to score goals, but they're so good structurally and defensively that, you know, they don't give up a lot, That like nearly as much as teams like Germany and Switzerland, or not Switzerland, Austria, I meant. So, you know, they hang in as long as they can, but they just don't have the skill to score. And, you know, I think they're the only players worth mentioning for them is... Boston Bruins pick Dan's Lock Mellis has been good. You know, he's definitely the most skilled player on this team. He's got one goal. He, he's been pretty good, but, you know, he's got no help around him. And their defenseman, their captain, Gustav Ozelinch, has been good. He, his his skating's really impressed me. He's got great edges, but, yeah, besides that, not much for Lavia. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Bruins is probably the, the main guy to look at there, but um, we'll see how they play in the relegation game. I do have them beating Austria. I, I still do. Um, obviously, just looking at their goals for and against, they've scored two more goals, which isn't a huge deal, but they've uh, they've allowed 20 less goals. You know, so that's 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 obviously very important. Um, but do you also got Latvia sticking around for next year? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, we're gonna preview the relegation round now. I I do think that Latvia is gonna beat Austria. Austria just isn't good at all. Like like we said, like you know, they have a couple skilled players like they can skate like Rohr and Scherzer and you know, Reinbacker on defense, but you know, Lavia has better goaltending, they're way better structurally, way better defensively. And 
I guess about the skill up front is about even, but it, you know the defense and the structure is going to make the difference as well. They're probably going to be close games again because neither team can really score. But I'm still going to watch those games if they even air them, like just to see who gets relegated. Yeah, so that game's on at 7:30 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time. So yeah, I'll be definitely watching that and. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully we see Latvia stick around. But like you were saying, um, Latvia's structure against a team has only scored two goals all tournament. Um, that's just not a recipe for success for Austria. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Austria doesn't score any goals. All right, so now for our quarterfinals preview and predictions, we're going to be looking at uh, Czechia versus Switzerland. Uh, Czechia being the number one seed in Group A and Switzerland being the uh, number four seed in Group B. Uh, I, I think this one's pretty obvious. You know, most one four seeds are kind of obvious, but you know, you never know. We can see an, uh, we can see an upset. Um, personally, I got Czech Republic. These guys have been dialed all tournament, and I don't think looking back at it now, um, that game against Canada was that big of an upset. You know, kind of easy to say, uh, easy to say now, but um, yeah, like I I got Czechy in this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you got to be careful though with Switzerland, especially with the way they played this year you know they keep they're similar to Latvia they keep you in tight games for as long as they can and you know try to take advantage with a late goal or something but Czechia has just been too good I, I don't see how Switzerland can upset Czechia's like I said impressed me so much their defense is unbelievable their forwards their top six all throughout the lineup you know like nobody's nobody's doing it all like everybody on the team up and down the lineup has been great even in net they they, they look like a pretty scary team even for like the gold medal potentially so I, I don't see how Switzerland's going to upset yeah I, I agree and I think Czechia wasn't a team at the start of the um, at the start of the tournament that we uh, thought had a real strong potential to win a medal but I, I think I, I, like you know these guys look like a very strong uh, medal, medal team yeah and one guy I forgot to mention for Switzerland is the defenseman Leon Bixell who's been logging a ton of minutes back there for Switzerland you know, he, he's pretty much all they have back there. He, he's a great two-way defenseman. He, he's a huge guy, like 6'5", 220 or something. He, he's a unit, but he, he can skate well, and he's really impressed me in this tournament. Like, he, he's had quite a few net drives, and nobody can stop him. He's so big. Even as a defenseman, he's getting some breakaways. <laughs> you know, he's been really impressive. He, he's going to have to, you know, probably play like 30 minutes that night. He, he might and play really well to upset our next team we're we'll talking about is Team Canada versus Team Slovakia. I got Canada in this one, <laughs> just to put it uh, put it bluntly, I guess. Um, they've been just looking great the past three games. You know, uh, we're not going to talk about the the first game too much because their their team has changed, their identity has changed, the lines have changed, their goaltending has changed, the lines changed, right? Yeah. So we're not going to talk about that too much. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, it's pretty easy to say that I think Canada's going to beat Slovakia. I still have them as gold medal favorites, despite what Czechia's been doing. Um, I think they can still get it done, but Dard has just been like amazing, You know, like almost a loss of words at this point. Um, I, I don't see a world where you can't say he's been one of the best Canadian World Junior players ever, just look at the stats and everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming you got Canada too, right? For sure. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be overly close either. You know, in the pre-tournament game, Canada won six to one. It could have been a lot worse. They, they I think, one of the periods they shot them like twenty to one, and like the second period of that pre-tournament game, and Canada's gotten even better since. So, I, I think it's better that they're playing against Slovakia instead of Switzerland because, 
you know, like even if they would have came first, then they would have been playing Switzerland. But Switzerland, like I said, is more of that defensive team that keeps you in games, and they always seem to play Canada well, like close in the quarterfinals over the years. And Slovakia isn't nearly as strong defensively. Uh, you know, they're more of a fast team as well with skill now this year, and I think that bodes better for Canada. I just don't think Slovakia will be able to shut Canada down. They're not very strong defensively. One guy we didn't mention when we were talking about Canada, and I think we got to just because of his performance, is Brennan Othman. He's been looking great. Uh, he does everything so well. You know, he's four checks hard, obviously can bury the puck. He's a great passer. He lays the body. Um, he's been great on that power play. He's been really good uh, in tight close to that, you know, he had that one uh, through the legs, no luck pass to Gunther, which was just an amazing pass, and he's uh, he's been doing it all, like screening goalies, deflections, just little stuff like that, that that, that really helps. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he got off to a little slow start in the tournament, I think he only had like one assist in the first three games. It was that nasty assist back on no look, but in the last game against Sweden, he had a couple goals, and he was looking really good, so it's nice that, you know, he's playing better. One thing we forgot to mention when we started the quarterfinals preview was that there was a crossover, and I, I really like that part of the tournament because uh, all these teams are playing each other for the first time uh, when it really means something, you know. Uh, so obviously even more upsets can happen because they don't know the team as well, and they're not really watching any other any of the other group uh, throughout the tournament. They're just focused on their next opponent and how they played individually and as a team, right? So they're not really thinking about the other group too much, so... Definitely some upsets can happen. We don't think that uh, that any upsets will happen through these first two games, uh, but definitely something we could see. Alright, so for our next game, we're going to be talking about uh, Team Sweden against Team Finland. Uh, this is definitely where we can see some upsets happen. Two very strong teams. Uh, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, it seems like they've they've been matched up a lot in the, in the playoffs the last couple of years, so uh, once again, they're going to be matched up in the quarterfinals this time. Uh, what, what do you think about this game? Do we see Finland pulling off an upset, I guess you could say? I mean, they uh, they were, like, they're still a hockey-dominant country, so I'm not really sure if it is an upset, but nevertheless, two great teams. Yeah, and, you know, it sucks that we're going to lose one of these top teams in the quarters, but, you know, it happens every year. Normally, two teams, when Russia's here, you lose two in the quarters. Uh, but I honestly don't know who to pick with this. I'll do it on the fly. I, I think Sweden just because they have more talent and Finland hasn't looked very good to me you know they're just not crisp they, they just don't normally Finland just works so well as a team and they quickly gel and you know they work so hard they kind of play the same way no matter what level or what players they have but they haven't been nearly as good this tournament and they don't really have that much skill up front like Kemmel is about it and Lambert but he hasn't been great and Sweden's just looked so much better to me, like Carlson, Rosean, Bistet, Lasell, those guys. I'd watch for them to, you know, lead the way for Sweden, and I expect them to win this game. Yeah, I think so too. I got Sweden winning this game. Um, you know, these teams are kind of similar in the way that they both have great forwards. Their defense are a little bit shaky in their own end at times, but I think what uh, separates these two teams is the goaltending. Um, Finland has had great goaltending, but Carl uh, Lindblom is by far the best goalie in this tournament, and he's proven that uh, despite his, his game against Canada. Um, he, he's the best goalie in this tournament, and we both had him as goalie of the tournament uh, in our first episode, so I, I think that's another prediction that we'll hit. Um, so, yeah, 
I think that's going to be a huge reason why Sweden does advance. All right, so for our final quarterfinal preview, we got Team USA against Team Germany. Uh, I think, to no surprise, uh, we both have USA. Um, USA is just such a talented team, uh, both up front and on the back end. Uh, Augustine's been playing well, kind of just getting the job done. Um, and probably nothing more, but he's but nevertheless, he's been getting the job done. Um, the power play for USA is definitely going to be a big factor against Germany, who's shown that they can be a little bit undisciplined at times. So uh, I think just for a couple of those reasons, I, I got USA. Yeah, for sure, I agree. And, you know, I expect this to be the most lopsided quarterfinal match, uh, probably so similar to the Czechia game uh, yesterday. Uh, it's like it was a 9-1 final, so it's probably going to be similar to that. Uh, I think USA and Czechia are kind of similar in how they play overall throughout the lineup. And yeah, like you said, USA is just going to outskill them and it shouldn't be overly close. Could we expect maybe Emberko playing for USA in this quarterfinal matchup just to give Augustine some rest? Or since it's a playoff star, are we just uh, playing with your go-to guy? Yeah, I think it'll be Augustine for sure. I, I think you got to go with him because can't take any team for granted. I mean, Germany played pretty well against uh, Sweden. They only lost one nothing. So, like, you know, sometimes, like, you just can't take anybody for granted. You never know what can happen, like, especially if Quap stands on his head for Germany, which he will need to. Uh, so, yeah, I expect Augustine to play. Yeah, that's a really good point about Quap. And, like, you know, he's, he's showed that he can shut down some of the best offensive players in this tournament, so he's going to have to do it again. All right, so for our semifinals matchups, we have advancing is Czechia, Canada, USA, and Sweden. Uh, three teams from Group A and one team being USA from Group B. Uh, so this, these matchups will be uh, Czechia and Sweden and USA-Canada, if we predicted this right. Uh, the first one we're going to look into is Czechia-Sweden. Uh, you know, these guys have both played each other already in the preliminary tournament. Uh, Sweden did get the best of them, but, you know, stuff can change in single knockouts, right? So, uh, I, I think this can be a very, very close game. Uh, Goaltending is going to be huge. Uh, obviously, I think uh, Sweden does have the edge in net there. But as far as the back end on defense, I, I believe that Czechia does have that, that edge by quite a bit on Sweden. As far as the forwards, I think it's pretty even, um, so it's going to be a really close game, but I, I think uh, I, I got I to gotta go with Czechia. Just what they've showed, uh, especially against the, against Canada, they played great. Against Sweden, it was another really close game, and for those couple of reasons, I, I, I got to give uh, Czech the credit. Yeah, I was hoping you would pick Sweden so that we could have a bit different, but I'm going with Czechia as well. They, they've been really good to me. Like They outplayed teams just as bad as Canada did, like teams like Germany and Austria and that, and, you know, they're, they've been able to finish, bury their chances. Like I said, all throughout their lineup, they're really deep, very good. Their defense is, they might have at least the way they've been performing. They, like, their defense has probably played the best in this whole tournament. And, you know, Svozel has been unbelievable. I think in the game against Austria, he, I, I read that he was on for 29 shots for and zero against. And I mean, it is against Austria, but 29 shots for in one game, no matter what team, is unbelievable. So, you know, when he's on the ice, Czechia has pretty much been dominating. And same goes for Juracek. I think Czechia is going to bounce back from the preliminary loss in overtime. That was one of the closest games in the preliminary round. Uh, 
I think it's going to be a really close game. It might go to overtime again, but I'm going with Czechia. It's, it's going to be a good goaltending duel. Yeah, it's going to be a super close game. And I think you could say the same for our next semifinal that we're going to preview in uh, Canada versus USA. And if our predictions do stand, wow, would this be an amazing semifinal. Probably as good as a uh, semifinal that like we've seen in the last couple of years. Maybe even as good as any final we've seen. It's going to be a really close game. Uh, you know, I think up front they both have a lot of skill. But one thing that USA doesn't have is Conor Bedard. And I think with how he's performing, how do you not, uh, how do you not go with Canada? You know, like maybe it's a little bit biased, but uh, I'm, I'm going with Canada uh, to to get by USA in the semifinals. Uh, you know, goaltending might be a little bit of an issue for both teams, as we've said last episode. Uh, potentially, I don't know. It, it's hard to say uh, who has the edge there. It could just be on game to game, looking at the consistency. Uh, as far as defense, uh, Canada has a great defense, but I think USA just slightly edges them out just with their depth. Um, I think our best D-men, obviously, is Zellweger, and their best D-men is Hughes. They're pretty even. I think Hughes has been a little bit better, but uh, but as a whole, for the defensive core, I, I got to go with USA on the back end. And um, yeah, so it's going to be a really close game, uh, but I, I got Canada. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be such a fun game to watch. You know, the old USA Canada rivalry. It sucks that it's not gonna be in the gold medal if it were to happen, but it's still gonna be a great game. I I think Canada as well should win. They just they're just too skilled up front. Like Stankoven and Bedard are unbelievable, and they clearly have really good chemistry together. And Canada's power play is just too good. Like, and the thing is about Canada, like they're so fast up front. You try so hard not to take penalties, but you have to. Otherwise, they're just going to get breakaways and and two-on-ones and all this. So, so yeah, USA is definitely going to need to stay out of the box against Canada because Canada will definitely take advantage as they have this whole tournament with their lethal power play. And, you know, in net, I think Milic starts probably. You know, I mean, this is a semifinal game, you know, hypothetical, two games away. So, you know, it's hard to predict. But I think Milic will start the quarterfinal game based off how he played against Sweden and you know, assuming that he plays well, hopefully, I think he'll start at the semifinal. And yeah, it's it's going to be a close game, like you said. The defense is really close. Uh, USA is a little more skilled back there, but Canada has the size, so it'll see. We'll see kind of how they match up. They are different teams. Uh, it's it's going to be a really good game to watch. Yeah. So if our if our hypothetical predictions are correct, that means we will have uh, USA versus Sweden in the bronze medal game. Uh, another really close match, uh, if we are correct, and uh, you know this one's this one's gonna be close. But I I got Sweden in this one, and I think the main reason I know we keep on bringing them up is just the goaltending. Uh, kind of a weak spot for USA, and definitely a strength in Sweden. Um, defensively, USA is is way better by a landslide. Um, but up front, I think they're pretty similar. Maybe USA has a couple more, couple more talented guys. But uh, from what I've seen from USA, sometimes they don't really work together that well. You know, uh, a couple of their players, uh, Chaz Lucius, he's been quoted saying that they played individually and not really as a team uh, over the course of the tournament. So I think that's something that the uh, USA needs to figure out. But, but as far as Sweden's forwards, uh, they also got a lot of depth and a, a lot of skilled guys up there, uh, led by Fabian Lassell and Leo Carlson. So uh, I, I got Sweden for those for those reasons. Um, do you also got Sweden winning bronze in, in this hypothetical scenario, or do you think USA will pull it off? 
I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I, I have to go with U.S. though. I, I think just their defense is quite a bit better. And I mean, honestly, like in the preview, we mentioned how Sweden had a really weak defense this year. You know, now that I've like watched them, they they actually are pretty strong defensively. Like uh, Ludwig Janssen has been really good. Uh, you know, Adam Engstrom, a Montreal third-rounder, he's impressed me. He's been good. Uh, but just as far as the depth and the skill defensively, I, I don't think Sweden matches up with the U.S. In net, I do think Sweden, you know, has the advantage, but I, I, I don't think that Lindbaum will be able to shut down U.S. And I think Augustine's been good enough to, you know, just do make the saves he needs to. I don't think he needs to stand on his head. And I think USA... You know, I think that top line is going to make the difference for USA. Uh, Snuggerud, Karagoche, and Cooley, they, they've been absolutely dominating this tournament. And Snuggerud has been unbelievable, so I, I think I'm going to go with the USA. Yeah, for sure. And like we said, it's going to be a really close game, so I definitely do see a scenario where USA does win, but I I got to go with Sweden. Uh, I, I hope we see this matchup whether hopefully it's not in the final, because that means Canada didn't make it, but I hope we see it sometime throughout the tournament. Uh, just because we don't disagree on many things, so it'd be it'd be nice to see uh, what that's like. Um, as far as the final, uh, we got Czechia and Canada. Uh, obviously, that main story is going to be opening day, um, Boxing Day, when Czechia came out on top. But I really don't think that should be looked at too much. Like we said, uh, in the final, I think Canada just has that uh, that championship pedigree. I guess you could say, like they've been there before. Uh, I know that the teams change every single year, but they got a, a lot of returning guys who won it last year. And, um, yeah, I got Canada winning it all, I think. Uh, it's going to be another really close game. Czechs are going to want win this one really bad. They don't they don't come around to the gold medal game, you know, every year. So they're going to they're gonna really be fighting for it. They're going to want it bad. But um, I, I got to go with Canada. It's, it's going to be... A really close game. Obviously, it's hypothetical. You know, they, they might not even play each other in the Golden game. But in this world, you know, if they do, I think it's going to depend on goaltending and special teams. I think, I honestly think, Czech has a bit better goaltending. You know, Suhanik. I agree. Yeah. The thing is with Suhanik is, if he is dialed, he is dialed. Like, he, like, Czechia will be able to upset potentially like they did in the first game if he is really dialed but if yeah. Canada gets to him early then it could you know not be so great you know they might light him up a bit but uh, I and I think how the goaltending is is going to depend on the special teams I think if Czechia can stay out of the box I think they have a chance at even strength defensively I, I think Czechia has even better defense than Canada at least how they've played in this tournament your and Svozeo like you said might be they may be two of the top three defensemen based off how they've played in this tournament alone. And Spotcheck has been really good too. He's got like three goals, great defensively, blocks a lot of shots. Yuri Tahachek as well, playing top pair with Yurichek. He's got two goals, two filthy goals actually. So like their whole defense is amazing. And I, I'm going to go with the upset here. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going with Czech. Yeah, it's all going to depend wow. on... It's all going to depend on if they can stay out of the box. Because I've said before, Canada's even strength game isn't that great. And of all the teams, Czechia's even strength game has impressed me the most. At even strength, they have been unbelievable. Like, 
So I, I, I think it's, it's a hot wow. take, but Czechia has impressed me that much. Like going in, I didn't even expect Czechia to win the bronze. But yeah. they've like I've watched all their games and they've been unbelievable. All four lines, like the second line, Sturz, Brabenitz, Melash have been amazing. The first line, Kulik, Shapovalov, and I think Shala has been playing there. They've been amazing as well. <laughs> it's gonna be close, but I mean, Czechia proved they're capable of beating them. They upset USA last year in the quarters. They have a very similar group to last year. I think they were the best team in the group, in group play. Uh, so I'm going with the hot take here. Check, yeah. Wow, I, I can't believe that. I mean, every reason that you provided is valid, and, and I, I, I agree with the special teams, and that's going to depend on the goaltending a lot, right? Like, you might, if if Czechia can't stay out of the box, um, obviously Suhanek's numbers are going to struggle from that, and uh, vice versa for Canada. Um, I, I like the point that you bring up about Czechia and their offense, and I think that, like, uh, they, they work together very well. They don't have any huge names like they do on the back end, but they work very well together. And I'm not even taking Czechia just to take them. Like, I'm not doing it just to look like a genius if I'm right. You know, it definitely could backfire on me, but I, I've been that impressed with Czechia this year. At 5-on-5, five five, they've been unbelievable. Their defense is, is so good, and I think Suhanik is a bit better than Milic. And like I said, if he can get dialed in early, he can really shut it down and... It's all going to rely on whether Czechia stays out of the box. If they don't, I think Canada will win. But if they do, at even strength, it's it's either way. And I'm I think Czechia. I'm just going to go with them. No, I, I see where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. But one thing I think is uh, important to mention is Suhanek's numbers with the Tri City Americans of the WHL aren't great. You know, he's a little bit above 900. Don't get me wrong. He's been playing out of his mind. Uh, not just this year, but also last year at the World Junior. So he's proven that when it comes to international competition, he's been great. But I, I do think that when the pressure comes uh, to these Czech guys, that they haven't been in a gold medal game before, you know? Like, I don't think they've been there for the U18s or U17s or U16s, you know, tournaments like that in the past. So I think if they do make it to the gold medal game, they're going to feel that pressure. And that's something that I don't think uh, not just Suhanek uh, could handle, but maybe the whole team. I uh, couldn't handle. In, in fairness to Suhanik, he, he's playing on Tri-City, who's a pretty bad WHL team, so you know, a 900 on them is more like a 910 probably on a good team in the dub, which is pretty good for junior hockey. Like Junior hockey is really high scoring, so he, he's got solid numbers, but yeah. Yeah, so I hope we got our predictions right, uh, not just for us, but also just for the viewers. Uh, you know, the, those quarterfinal games between Sweden and Finland are, is going to be very good and then just past that uh, the semifinal matchups are going to be great and the bronze medal matchup will be great and the gold medal matchup would be great too so I hope uh, we got our predictions right because I'd be really anxious to see those those uh, those games and if this tournament has taught us anything it's that you can never know anything can happen this tournament yep. more than any in recent memory there's been so many upsets like can't take any team for granted like you never know i mean slovakia beat us maybe they can beat canada i, I really doubt it but yeah yeah i mean this tournament has been crazy like some of the things that have happened like switzerland beat finland you know germany almost beat sweden so and slovakia did beat usa so there's, there's been so many upsets it's it's been it's pretty much impossible to predict so we'll see how it goes 
All right, yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to have a really good three or four days of hockey here coming up, and I'm really excited to see how everything unfolds. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to wrap up our second episode of the Elbows Up podcast. Our next episode is going to come out on January 9th, and we're going to be recapping the World Juniors and the playoffs. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. Have a happy new year.